The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Now more than ever, there are individuals that are gracing the planet that are allowing their gifts to flow forth in a way that others are empowered, healed, and loved. Tonight I have a wonderful guest. It is a coffee table conversation that I had with Mirabai Davy in creating a beautiful article for 1111 Magazine, and it was so profound. There were so many amazing words of wisdom shared through that conversation that I really wanted to share it in its entirety. Mirabai Davy is an international spiritual teacher, a conduit for healing, an author, and the founder of Mirabai Davy Foundation. This foundation is dedicated to her mission of raising world consciousness through the awakening and healing of humanity. Being in the presence of this beautiful, beautiful woman is really incredible, and I have to tell you I witnessed many individuals come in with physical issues and leave very, very much healed. And it happened in seconds. And when you are around Mirabai, there is such an energy of unconditional love, of support, and just the knowing that those individuals are going to experience a healing. The Mirabai Davy Foundation has expanded its humanitarian outreach and gives donations to AIDS, orphanages, and all sorts of places all over the country of South Africa where she is from. She awakened to her gifts as a young child, fought them, and then brought them back. And this is a beautiful story really uncovering how we are given our gifts and how sometimes they seem so frightening, yet once they're gone, we need them back and we want them back. So this is a beautiful way to connect a source through another individual and also to recognize how you are so connected to that divine source. Before we get started with the interview... I'd also like you to connect to BelieveSC.com. The Believe Center is located in Lexington, South Carolina. We host a variety of wonderful teachers, beautiful energies, energetic healing, lots of workshops, all kinds of things to support your personal and self-growth in the energetic way, physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional. We will be hosting Mirabai Davy later on in the year, so you can connect with her there. On March 6th and 7th, we have Gloria Karpinski, who is doing a wonderful Mystical Christianity Weekend, so you can also look that up and take part in that. In addition, connect to our magazine, our publication, 1111 Magazine. It is available nationally now in Barnes & Noble. You can go pick up a copy. There is a gorgeous interview 
uh, the actual interview that came from this recording in the January-February edition. So if you would like to pick up a copy, go ahead and pick that up. There's also a subsequent interview with Howard Wills, and you will hear Miravai speak of Howard and his amazing prayers, and that is in the March-April issue of 1111 Magazine. So pick that up today at your local Barnes & Noble, or you can get a subscription at 1111mag.com. Mirabai Davy came from South Africa at a very young age, and she saw that humanity was suffering. This spurred a deep opening in her heart that filled her with compassion, and the divine appeared to her before and when she was a child. She knew of this essence even in the womb, and these light beings came to teach and prepare her for her future healing mission. She has journeyed throughout the world studying with various teachers, but the divine light was actually poured upon her, giving her the gift of instantaneous healing. And that is now what she does as she moves through the world in her expression and through the Mirabai Devi Foundation. I will hope you'll sit back, relax, and take a moment to truly allow yourself to take in all of her wonderful words of wisdom. Close your eyes and breathe, and allow just the energy of her voice even to calm your body, to calm your cells, to allow you to sink into the place of possibility. We all have divine gifts that we can uncover. We all have the ability for unconditional love. When we can hold that for ourselves and hold that for another, instantaneous healing does occur. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this coffee table conversation with Mirabai Davy. So you were telling me about your experience with the light and that you had this very deep longing and uh, that you was, you just wanted to be connected in that way, otherwise you, was, you were not no longer wanting to be here. I was no longer wanting to be here. And then what happened is that the light uh, basically answered me and I, I got what I asked for. I merged with the light for eight weeks. And during those eight weeks, so much happened. I can't even put it into words. It, it was so um, completely exquisite. And I was shown and taught so many things. And basically all of my teachings and everything that I um, basically share with people or give to people through giving them the direct experience of putting them into states of consciousness came out of those. Uh, it was it was around six to eight weeks. It's hard to define exactly period of my life where I was unified with the light. Now, many people have a deep longing to connect with the divine in that way. Yeah. What was different that you think you were able to? Oh, I definitely brought it in from previous lifetimes. There's no doubt about it, because I started going into samadhi when I was three. And from three to 21, when I had the full awakening, where I merged with the light completely, up until then I was having um, all different kinds of gifts, awakening, gifts of sight, gifts of healing, gifts you know, of hearing, gifts of being able to smell, gifts of being able to know, um, revelations, prophecies, visions, um, masters of light appearing to me, a lot of astral travel, a lot of communication with other realms, and then huge frequencies of light passing through my body all the way from 3 to 21, on and off that whole period. And that wasn't enough for me. That was like, this is the candy. I want God. I want the whole thing. I want the whole package. I want to meet and and actually merge with the divine. That was just the taster. And that made me have the longing so strongly. And that came in from my previous lifetimes because in my previous lives, 
especially the life just before this one, I thought I was done and complete. And I remember going to the light thinking, that's like, that's it, I can go and rest now, I'm done. I don't have to go back, I'm complete. And then I found myself in this body and I'd attained a certain level of samadhi. And then I found myself in this, in this little baby body and I just remember being so angry as a baby of like, what? I came back again? I cannot believe I came back again. I thought I was done. I wasn't planning on this. So somehow between, you know, going to the light and coming back here, there was something that I, you know, that I wasn't complete with that I had to come back and finish. And I, I, I was trying to figure that out as in a tiny little baby body. I spent my whole baby years trying to figure out how I got back here and why I was back and what was I came to finish. And did you real, what point did you realize, or are you still... I realized when I had my full union, when I was 20, when I was... It was like between 21 and 22 age. I, ha, I had that merging with the light, and during that time, then I was given the full revelation of everything that I was shown the rest of my life and I was shown everything that I had to complete <clears throat> in this life and why I had come back and then I was shown how I had to help others to go back home to the light and to complete themselves <clears throat> and I was downloaded with the tools and the information the knowledge was hardwired into my into me to know how to do it and to be guided how to do it because I didn't have that information before it was it was definitely given to me and one of the things you asked me downstairs was you asked if, if Howard taught me that form of healing. And so what happened was that I, during the eight weeks where I was merged with the light, I was given the gift of instantaneous healing. And many miracles happened um, through me as the instrument. I would, I would feel a force like a wind pass through me. I'd feel tears coming down my face. And I'd feel this ecstasy, this divine ecstasy. And I would just be sitting with a person praying with them. And when I opened my eyes, whatever their physical problem was, it was dissolved. It had disappeared. And that was when, you know, that was when it began. And that went on for, it was about half a year, eight months, and then I freaked out. I was 22 at the time, you know, turning 22, and I just said, I'm going to get locked up. I'm, I'm going to be seen as crazy. And my family will never accept this. Society will never accept this. Humanity will never accept this. This is too different. And how am I going to explain this? And I didn't have a sense of my own life or my own self, like to be able to just claim it and own it and say, this is the divine power. This has nothing to do with me. I'm just the instrument. You know, I'm here to demonstrate how, how great divine is, divine grace is, divine light is. I didn't know how to do that then. I just, I just thought, what is happening to me? I'm going insane. <clears throat> I'm going crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm not normal anymore. And so um, I'm going to be kicked out of the mainstream. So that's what happened is that I started to pray like mad. Please take this from me. Please take this from me. Please take this from me. I can't handle this. I don't know how to deal with this. And it took... maybe about six months and then it was taken mm -hmm. and when it was taken I felt like somebody who was in heaven that had been deposited back on earth mm -hmm. I was suddenly like without the abilities and the connection I was I was left with some of the abilities but I didn't have the ability of the instantaneous healing I was left with the ability of sight and I was 
you know, and of inner hearing and being able to hear the inner voice and so forth. But I, I had lost the ability to directly feel the force heal people through me. So I spent about 10 years um, developing myself spiritually so that I could get it back. And uh, just just praying to the light, well, you know, I was so stupid, I don't know why I did that. You know, I understand my ego couldn't handle it at the time. Please take from me the fear. I just want that more than anything. I want it to come back. I want to be able to help people. If I can't help people, there's no purpose for me to be here because that's why you wanted me to be here. And I'm here for you. You know, my life is for you because the divine is ultimately ourself. <clears throat> and then um, and then what happened is that the gifts were all starting to come back through the darshan people were starting to have healings they were just beginning to come back through the group darshans the group transmissions of light through me administrating the darshans the people would come and they would experience that, that healing um, and I, they would go away and have a healing but I didn't even get to know about a lot of it and then what happened is that Howard um Howard found me in LA and I was organizing a world peace conference in South Africa at the time with Nelson Mandela and the Dalai Lama and I was working on the seeds of creation of that conference and he heard about it and he found out about me and he came over to see me and within like four hours we planned a workshop to do together within one week <laughs> about a week later we had 150 people were putting on a workshop in LA together and then I found out what he did during the workshop when we were working together on the group and I had the gift of sight <clears throat> and he had the gift of sight and instantaneous healing and so I, I kind of turned to him afterwards and I said wow I said miracles are being performed through you and I said I used to have that gift and I prayed for it to be taken can you help me get it back and he said sure no problem no big deal <laughs> just like that and I thought yeah right it can't be that easy you know I've been praying for it to return for 10 years well, it took three years. Um, it took about three years to f to fully return, in the sense that I was actually seeing miracles happen. And it's been five years now that I've been working with the light in this way, you know, in this capacity with the instantaneous healing. And uh, it's definitely, when I say it took three years to get it fully back, that wasn't fully back. Just just perceiving the miracles the light could do through. Um, this instrument and passing through as a force, it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I know that's just the beginning, that the Divine's infinite can do absolutely anything for anyone. And I trust that. And I'm learning more about it every day. The, the gift and the so light. that is the trust and the belief that it's, it's okay to come through. The trust and the belief that it's okay to come through me and that I can claim and own that I am the instrument and that I don't have to freak out or be worried about it or be afraid of what people will think or do to me and realizing that I can hold that and be just joyous about it and have fun with it and be light with people and play with people and not be so serious about it. That's helped me a lot. The humor has helped me a lot just to take it lightly and have fun with it. And is that something you've had to... Work at yourself, yes, humor, or is that something that comes oh, with the gifts? definitely both, both, yeah, did both because it, I was very serious when it first started. I was absolutely terrified. Um, I mean, you can just imagine, you know, force when a force of lightning comes through you and hits people and instantly takes away their pain or their physical disabilities. It's a very frightening thing to the mind and the ego <clears throat> when you're young and you don't understand what's going on. 
So, for example, yesterday there was a woman that was having difficulty walking, couldn't lift her right leg, couldn't yeah. bend her right leg yeah. without pain. Yeah. And she couldn't walk on it at all. Couldn't walk on the left leg at all. She came in on a wheeled uh, kind of support system yeah. to hold that leg. And literally within seconds of you working with her, she was not only able to extend the right leg with no pain, but she was able to stand up on the other and take three steps. And you worked on her a little more, and she was able to walk the full length and walk back. And the look on her face was complete awe. And the power of the moment for everyone was very, very strong. Yeah. How does she hold that? Is that something that is definitely there for her from this point forward? Or do then people themselves have the ability to keep it or not? Lily, not the woman yesterday, but the first miracle that when the gift came back, the real miracle, I'm not talking about back pain disappearing. I'm not talking about head pain disappearing. I'm not talking about um, relationship issues clearing up because that that had already been occurring with the darshans before the gift returned. I'm talking about visible miracles, which, which is what I had when I had the full state of union. And when it first returned was um, I, like I said after three years um, when Howard said I'll help you get it back oh sure I'll help you get it back like that and he snapped his fingers it it came it started to come back three years later I was in a group on Maui and a woman came in with a soft um, it's not a cast it's a soft wrapping around the leg all the way up to the hip there were torn ligaments in the ankle and so she couldn't walk on it she was on crutches and it was it was wrapped all the way up with band with like a bandaging and the light said work on it for you know three minutes and we worked on it for three minutes and then said drop your crutches and walk on the foot stand on the foot first and then walk on the foot and she looked at me, and everybody looked at me, because she just shared, like the woman yesterday, that the doctor had said not to walk on it. And the woman yesterday said, I just had surgery, and the surgeon and the doctor said not to walk on it, not to step on it. Everybody looked at me like, Mirabai, you're crazy. You know, this is dangerous. What are you doing? And, I said, and the light said, have her stand on the foot. So she stood on the foot, and then the light said, have her hop on that foot with the torn ligaments have a hop around the room on that foot well she hopped around on the bad foot that she wasn't supposed to even walk on she hopped on that foot and lifted the other foot and I know I was testing I was being tested because there was a part of me that was watching and observing this going oh my god and how do you uh, control that fear or initially then now I don't know that you have as that but then how did you control the fear to not go into doubt before that trust trust big part of my teaching for 10 years the light i i had the gift of inner listening from the time of the awakening and for 10 years the light said develop trust we'll teach you through trust and trust was all about the divine would tell me something my mind would say that's crazy but my heart would say do it anyway because the more you trust the more you do it the more that you'll have the divine light guide you and the more the voice will talk to you if you listen to it if you don't listen to it and you deny it it'll recede and go away so I wanted it to come more so I wanted to listen to it so I followed that voice and I trusted 
and that's what ha- that's what happened is I just trusted that the divine knew if I heard that hop on the foot that meant hop on the foot and whatever I thought didn't matter at that moment so she hopped on the foot all around the room and everybody went <gasps> and went into a state of awe and she went into a state of awe and then she took her whole soft bandaging all the way off her leg she threw her crutches away and she walked out of there with no crutches and she contacted me and I have her testimonial I still have not put it up on my website she contacted me a couple years later to say that was it it was healed she never had a problem again she went back to the doctor the doctor said that they didn't understand what happened it was gone the mother, her mother, testified that it was gone, and she never had any pain in it again. So that was the first. That was the first one. And when you're doing these sorts of uh, healings and miracles, when it's coming through you like this, what do you actually experience? Are you in prayer? Are you not thinking? Are you? seeing the person as whole? Are you feeling that you are them and healing yourself? What Exactly what's going on for you? <clears throat> the main feeling is a presence of a force or a power <clears throat> that feels like vroom. It's like an energy and it's like the energy of the lightning. It's if you could imagine putting yourself into a lightning bolt, that's what it feels like. It's a force. It's a power, and it's exhilarating. I'm in prayer, and very often I'm in bliss because I'm merging with the light. I'm sort of tipping into the light, like the light is in me and I'm in the light, and we're sort of becoming one in that state. So sometimes I'm using physical words to peacemake for that person, and physical words to cleanse that person and sometimes I can't even speak because I'm I'm so um, raptured with the light so that's is, coming is in. Is that your remembrance? Yes. Being the divine? Yes. Being yes. Yes. Exactly. I'm in that state of remembrance of being the divine. Yes. It's it's a blend between that and if I'm if I'm present then I can more present than I'm in prayer. Yeah. Why is it that and, and you may not experience this, but, but I did see this in the experience with Howard on Friday night. There were so many people that were skeptical and wanting to hang on to their illness. Do you yeah. encounter that? Oh, Why yeah. is it that human beings do that? Why do they want to Because they're and afraid. Tell, no, I don't feel anything. No, I didn't experience anything. And it comes out so quickly from their mouths that you realize they didn't even give themselves a chance to see if they experienced anything. They're just quickly responding. So why is that? There are many reasons. The first is that they're very afraid. The second is is that they want to hold on to the known because that's all they have is what they know. And they don't want to let go of the thing they know because it's safe it's comfortable, it's easy, it's familiar, they formed their identity around it, they don't know who they would be without it. Those are the two main reasons. The third reason is because there can be dark forces there that are influencing them. And those negative energies, those accumulated negative energies can just be convincing them, you know, this is my home, this is where I belong, you know, we're together, you know, this is this is my body too. This is where I live. They don't want to be kicked out. So they'll cling 
and the person will hear those voices in their head as panic or fear or even screaming. I've had people run out of gatherings like screaming, you know, can't wait to get out to their car. They run out of there. And I always say, oh, the demons in your head are haunting you. <laughs> They're giving you a hard time for being sitting here in the light and for being at this gathering. And people usually say, yeah, that's true. It is true. And some people may wonder, well, if, if you're taking that negativity out of a person or dissolving it, where is it going? Is it going to cling on to someone else? Is it going to be out there in the air for someone else to walk into, or is it going back to the divine? That's a great question. It's a wonderful question. I'd say that currently I'm in a different state now than I was Currently, I feel like the divine takes care of them. The divine takes them and escorts them or transmutes them in, in the most loving way possible and takes care of them and takes them. And so I don't know whether the breakdown of that would look like beings of light coming in and getting them or which would, would just look like that they're sent back to where they come from or just how it is. But it's definitely, it, there's no violence involved. And there's no, um, I don't feel any sense of battle anymore. It feels like a very loving, um, holistic process. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like they dissolve without violence or pain. And is there any work required for the person after the healing? Lots, yeah. I mean, that is what I've learned from Howard. I've learned, you know, I've learned from Howard some really great tools, also. You know, as well as him helping me get back the gift, he's also taught me some wonderful tools. Um, and the forgiveness prayers do sustain um, the healing in the body. Without the forgiveness prayers and without the the practice of doing the daily cleansing and the daily peacemaking, that stuff will build back up again. And they. I wouldn't say they would necessarily get sick again because the miracles do last, but sometimes it comes back because they need more work and often because they haven't cleansed and they or they're living their life in the same way and they haven't changed anything. And if they don't change anything, then it's going to happen again. If a person does not experience the miracle they want, yes, is that still a healing? Yes, yes, yes. I have a guy that I'm working on right now currently. And um, he came for um, <clears throat> chronic back pain. He had an accident and he had um, serious disc problems, degeneration. And um, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, focus on anything except his back being healed. He just wanted his back healed and nothing else mattered. And then I saw him recently and he said, well, I said, well, how are you? He said, well... My blood sugar is back to normal. He said, my bl blood pressure has gone down back to normal. My triglycerides are back to normal. I've gone back on a vegetarian diet. I've lost weight. I'm taking less painkillers. I'm able to last, you know, six to nine hours without painkillers, whereas before I couldn't last even two hours. He said, all of these things have happened, but my back pain is still there. <laughs> So in his mind, nothing had happened. <laughs> and so what happened is I said to him, I said, 
often the light will work on you and take care of the less serious things first and start cleaning you out and getting you back into balance in other ways. And the thing that the very thing you came for can be the last to go. Well, and in that case, back pain typically has to do with lack of support or not feeling supported. Right. And so was the light supporting him and helping to support himself? Because if he went back to a vegetarian diet, if he's gone back to certain exercise, if he's gone back to certain things, exactly. he was becoming his own healer. That's right. He was learning to love himself and empower himself and maintain his blissful connection with the light in daily meditation again. So those things were you know, coming back, reoccurring in his life. And so he didn't recognize that, but I pointed that out to him. And because he's a skeptic, a big skeptic, he still had to sit with that and feel that that was actually a part of the healing. He didn't really see it, but I pointed that out to him. So that is the case, is often people don't want to see it. Or they want it in a certain way. And if it doesn't look like that, then nothing happened. The light always works. It's a divine principle. It always works no matter what. If it's seen or unseen, it always works. When you do your darshans and you uh, perform shakti put and people receive the divine light transmissions, are they receiving a period of bliss for that moment or are you opening them up so that they too awaken to their purpose, power, abilities? Could you repeat the question, sure. please? Thank you. Uh, when you are performing Shakti put on people in darshan, and they're receiving the transmissions of the divine light, are they experiencing the light in that moment so that they can know what is there, or are they receiving openings in certain ways that they now are awakened to their power, purpose, healing ability? Both, really. I mean, the divine light is present in everyone. So when you open someone to the light, they're going to experience their own inner light, and they're going to experience the divine light that you're bringing through, because there's two sources happening. I mean, there's only one source, but there's two uh, directions the light's coming from. It's coming from the inner flame, and it's coming from the outer force simultaneously. So you're directing the force of light to have its way with them and to bless them as well as opening them to experience their own light from within which ultimately it's all the same light just in duality it appears as coming from different directions and what do you receive when you perform those bliss total and absolute ecstasy bliss it's like turning on or off a light switch when I go into darshan, I close my eyes, and I just turn the switch on. It takes not even a millisecond, and I go into a state of samadhi instantly. And that's part of my training. When I was learning to develop the stages of samadhi throughout my life that were coming in from my previous lives, the light taught me through dreams and visions and masters and buddhas and rays and colors and all sorts of things, deities, showed me how to put myself into that state and then showed me how to put others into that state and so I put myself into that state and it just takes a second it's just it's just like click shifting a gear in a in a car and for people that want to experience that for themselves is it dependent on what they chose to learn in this lifetime as to whether or not they can get there or is it that they have to receive the grace 
to have that experience? They have to develop it. And to develop it, they need the grace. And that grace can come from a physical teacher or an invisible teacher. Or it can, it can just come, be, like from me, from a previous lifetime. It's a great question. When, when healing is occurring, whether it's in a group or individually in a session with you, are you raising their vibration up to a vibration of wholeness? Yes. That's exactly right. It's a resonance thing. So when people come and they have, um, everything is energy. And so there's lower vibration of energy and there's higher vibration of energy. Sickness is a low vibration of energy. Negativity is a low vibration of energy. Toxicity is a low vibration of energy. It's a resonance. It's resonating really low. And the light, which is joyfulness and bliss and peace and ecstasy, is vibrating really high. So when you come in to a group of people and you bring a really high vibrational frequency into the lower frequency, the low resonance is going to come up to balance and to mimic the higher frequencies. And so when the lower frequencies come up to meet the higher frequencies, people go to places they've never been before. And then it's really hard for them to sustain it afterwards if they don't have a spiritual practice and spiritual tools, which is why I always give people the prayers and the mantras, both the long version of the prayers the short version of the prayers and the mantras so that they can actually have something to raise their vibration on their own on a daily basis and meditation of course what is your spiritual practice my own spiritual practice it's a great question my own practice is prayer i do i do the forgiveness prayers all day and all night 24 hours a day inside not the long versions the short versions i do the long versions too but all the time i'm doing the inner forgiveness prayer and as far as the, it's been said that praying is talking to God, but meditation is listening. Yes, I was actually just going to say that I actually do other spiritual practices too. I love breath work. Absolutely love it. I usually do about an hour and a half of pranayama a day, breath work, where I just connect, do a connected breathing circle. And I do a technique called Dr. Wright's Cleaning Art Technique that comes from Namadeva. It's on his website, um, Thomas Ashley Ferrand. I think the website is called sanskritmantra.com. <clears throat> He's another colleague of mine. We teach together in the U.S. at Kripalu and other places. And that technique is one of the best breathwork techniques I've heard. And I love it. I do it on planes. I do it in the mornings when I wake up. I do it after I do groups. If I need to do a real big cleanse, it really cleans me out. And when you are doing groups, such as yesterday or or larger gatherings, or even private sessions. Is there something for you that needs to be... Cleaned? Salt bath. Yeah, I take I take a salt bath every day with Epsom salts. And uh, I guess it's a good heavy metal detox because I'm, I'm on the cell phone a lot doing private sessions a lot of the time. So being in a salt bath and sometimes doing breath work or so in a salt bath, I'll do that after um, the next morning after a gathering, sometimes if I need to, or just take a salt bath. And then I love to meditate. I really love it. I love taking meditation retreats. I love meditating when I have time to meditate. It's, it's, just, it's, it's not because I feel I need to. It's because I feel so good. I just really enjoy it. There has to be a wonderful enjoyment to seeing people heal through the miracles. 
but there also has to be a bit of exhaustion or or tiredness from constantly having to deal with people that are always ill. Do you get frustrated at times or tired of constantly seeing people coming with different things? No, I don't get frustrated with that. Um, I get physically tired just from, you know, the hours that I work with people, you know, which is usually about 12 to 15 hours a day on, on big days, more like 12 ordinarily. And uh, it's a service commitment. I do it seven days a week. And it's my, as, as, you, as you said, it's my remembrance. It's my practice to serve. And so it brings me a form of a bliss, but I do get physically tired. Where I get frustrated is more with, with people when they're ungrateful or when they don't, when they're skeptical. Um, I get, um, I get frustrated with people when they're skeptical and they don't get it and they don't, um, want to get it and they don't want to heal and they don't want to uh, take the help and they don't want to, you know, even though they say they do, they're asking for it. I don't mind if people don't ask for it and say, no, thank you. But if they're asking for it and they're saying, please help me, please help me, please help me. And they're begging you to help them. But at the same time, they're saying no, and they're blocking it and they're skeptical and they don't want it. Then that can be frustrating. Something struck me yesterday. And I noticed it first when Ramana was doing his scanning on people. And many people came up for that. The only one that said thank you was a young boy. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I watched very few people say thank you. Yes. Yeah, I actually had to start after... I've been doing this for 20 years with the instantaneous healing now five, mainly three, as I said to you. In the last like three years, I've started a gratitude circle at the end of every workshop that I do on my own. I ask each person to share what they're grateful for because I literally could not get people to say thank you at any workshop ever. <clears throat> even after miracles, there were some people who didn't even say thank you. And I came to realize one of the things you'll see when you do this work with people a lot is you have to tell them what they're thinking. You have to tell them how to teach them how to behave. You have to teach them how to phrase their gratitude because their, their mind isn't structured to go there. They don't have that knowledge or ability or information. A lot of people don't. So I started to actually put words in people's mouth and say what you really want to say is thank you and you're really grateful right now and you're, you're having a heart opening experience and they'll say, well, yeah, that is what I was feeling. But you just couldn't say it. Well, yeah, you know, and so now I have a gratitude circle. And even in the gratitude circle, there are people who don't remember. They don't even remember they just had a healing. They'll just say, so thank you for something completely different. And that's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, as long as... I feel as long as people are starting to connect to the heart and starting to wake up and become conscious, even if it's a few people, I'm grateful. That first healing, Simran, when that woman stood up on the, the torn ligament foot that where she had bandages up to the hip and she stood on it and then she started to hop on and she hopped around the room I noticed that more than half the group looked down and wouldn't look 
They could not conceive that such a thing was happening. It didn't exist in their consciousness that such a thing could happen, and they totally blocked it out, and they didn't even see it. And I still met some people in Maui, because it happened on Maui. I met some people in Maui just recently, and I said, did you notice that, how people just couldn't even look? They didn't even want to acknowledge it. It was too much. It was almost painful for them to acknowledge that their reality was being so challenged. Does that have anything to do with uh, many human beings' core belief of being undeserving? Yes. Has a lot to do with. Actually, it's great you and say thank that. Thank you. Also, is that why they can't say thank you? Yes. Because they really feel so undeserving. They feel so undeserving. Well, one of the one of the things that I've started doing in groups now is that every time we're about to start a healing, the first thing I have people do is I have them open their hands to the light and and say to themselves, "I deserve this. I can receive this." Out loud to the whole group. And then after they've received the gift, I have them cross their hands and put it on their heart, and I have them say thank you to the light. I receive it. Because otherwise, people's brains aren't structured for that. They're structured to feel unworthy and undeserving. It's how we've been conditioned in our civilization. It's so unfortunate. So part of the work is teaching people how to receive. A big part of it is, and to deserve. It's a really good point. Both you and Howard, before a healing occurs, there's the snapping of the fingers, and then you go into that. Is that to get you into a state? Is that to cut the energy? What does it? It cuts the energy. First of all, it cuts the energy. Second of all, it cuts the blockage. Third of all, it dissolves. And fourth of all, it can end a section. If we're praying for um, particular, when we when we work on people and we are using prayers, we try different things to see what's going to be the cause. So we'll look into the person and see what the cause is, and sometimes we'll see several causes. So after we finish working on each one of those several causes, we snap to end a section as we entering into the next section, kind of to clear it. Yeah. Is the nature of human beings negative, or is this because of the accumulation of all of our ancestors' lineages? It's the accumulation of all of our ancestors' and lineages. The nature of a human being is angelic. Human soul is an angelic soul, and we got lost, very lost, down here. <laughs> Let me to speak more about that? If you'd like to, it's up to you. Well, I think that <clears throat> Howard would probably be the best to explain how it how that works. For the, I, I can explain the angelic side, but he has a really good explanation of how the lineage affects us. Okay. I'm complete with the interview. Yeah, it's good. perfect. It's, it's wonderful. So, good. Unless there's anything else that you want said in this. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I, I would love to share that I do private sessions by phone, year-round with people, and in person. Okay. And uh, that we do these group healings all over the world, and also the darshans around the world, and that um, a big part of the work is service 
to humanity as well as awakening the consciousness of humanity. It's really important to me, sometimes too important, that the consciousness of humanity wakes up. And I've, I've felt for a long time that we're not going to make it if it doesn't. And now it's starting to be this quantum shift. And so I feel like it's, it's really crucial, like a big motivating factor for me to do this is to help people wake up and to help them remember and to go back home to the light and to help the planet wake up and remember and go back into the light. And I feel like she herself is awakening. And I feel like I came here for this, for this time. And it's so exciting to see it happening. And sometimes it gets me down. Sometimes it gets, you know, kind of depressing when I feel like people aren't waking up and we're working so hard, you know, like ceaselessly, tirelessly to wake them up and then they still so full of negativity and nonsense and, you know, baloney is how I would say. And, and sometimes it can be discouraging. Sure. But then when I see the few that get it and then they go on fire and they tr transform their life and they get connected to the divine and I just feel like this is what I do it for. It's just for the joy of that moment. Or when you see somebody get really get healed and really get it, <clears throat> the joy of that makes it all worthwhile. So I could never give it up. You know, my, the light is my boss, you know, and I'm working, I'm working directly for the light and my connection since birth has been directly with the light. So, but, but I do feel that Howard, um, you know, teaching with Howard and, and sharing his prayers is very fulfilling for me um, because I feel like I've finally met someone who loves the light as much as I do, talks to the light as much as I do, and gets it, you know, really gets it in, in the way of demonstrating to people that God is real. That, that means so much to me because my life is so devoted to God, and I was sent back here after my awakening to help people awaken to God. So it's, it's just been so wonderful to, to meet somebody who cares as much as I do and wants that as much as I do, you know, has real similar interests. And so we support each other totally, you know, 100%. That's perfect. Thank you, Mirabai. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this coffee table conversation with Mirabai. I hope you will connect to her. She is an international spiritual teacher, conduit for healing, author, and founder of the Mirabai Davy Foundation. This foundation is dedicated to her mission of raising world consciousness through the awakening and healing of humanity. You can go to her website, mirabaidevi.org, M-I-R-A-B-A-I-D-E-V-I.org, mirabaidevi.org, and you can find out more about her teachings, her events, and various CDs and guided meditations that she has on the website, many of which are free for download. In addition to authoring Samadhi, Essence of the Divine, you can connect to a lot of wonderful words and experiences. She has short texts and meditations describing her experiences and deep absorption in the divine. And she also allows individuals to connect with her for private sessions or for group events. So you can definitely connect with her. You can find out more about her darshan, which she spoke of in the interview, so that you can get to the place where you have your own commune with God, have your own vision of God. You will receive the blessing of the divine light as it is transmitted through Mirabai, and through that your own soul activates and awakens to your true divine nature. In addition, connect to howardwills.org. 
You heard him heard her speak of the prayers of forgiveness that Howard Wills has created. There are some amazing prayers at howardwills.org that you can just download for free and utilize them in your own life so that you can heal generational and ancestral discordance that may exist in your families, in your bodies, in your energetic spheres. So definitely connect to Mirabai Davy and howardwills.org. Also, take a look at the Belief Center website. We have some amazing guests and speakers that are lined up throughout the year. You can connect to all of the archives for 1111 Talk Radio and also take part in Gloria Karpinski's Mystical Christianity Weekend, which is March 6th and 7th. Mirabai Davy and Howard Wills will be in South Carolina in May, so you can connect to them there if you'd like an in-person session or a phone session. They can be done in distance, as long distance or in person. In addition, look up choicealliance.org. If you are a practitioner, someone that is desiring to further your personal development and growth, or someone that has dabbled in the arts and energy world and is now planning on stepping into your own career in these arenas, definitely connect to choicealliance.org. This is an organization and network of practitioners all over the country that support one another, market for one another, and provide education so that you can keep growing in the areas that you may not feel as strong in things such as development, uh, business marketing, and advertising and exposures to help you get your message out into the world in a stronger way. And next week, we have a wonderful guest that will be appearing with us. He is the disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, and he will be speaking on his new book. So join us on March the 4th for Swami Kriyananda, and we can find out about his latest writings and all of the work that is still continuing in the Yogananda Fellowship as it moves forward. I have enjoyed being with you this hour, and I hope you've enjoyed this insightful discussion with Mirabai Devi. We will talk to you next week. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.